Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jennifer Mertland? Monica, how are you today? Good, how are you? I feel grumpy, so I'm ready to fight you today. I think we should just postpone this recording and we'll circle back to it at a different time. We will not. Let's get <laughs> no. I like it when you show up grumpy. It makes for a great podcast. (laughs) This is a dumb topic too. Why are you? It is not. Why are you so grumpy? I don't know. Does that happen to you? (laughs) You know, like when you, no, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm birds and butterflies and peach ice cream all the time. I don't like peach ice cream. I love it. That's your favorite ice cream? No, it is not, but it is delicious. What is your favorite ice cream? Uh, Salted caramel from Grater's. What is yours? Chocolate chip. I don't actually like ice cream that much, honestly. Really? Chocolate chip cookies, and I like brownies. Oh, I'm a big brownie fan, too. Special brownies? My number one, though, is hot apple pie with vanilla ice cream, like just good old fashioned Americana. We're just not going to share dessert. <laughs> Let's duke it out over that. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. We appreciate you being here. And today, Jen and I are going to duke it out over this question. Get ready. Dumb is CE a waste of time? Is continuing education a waste of time? Jen, give us a little bit more than a one word answer, because I can already tell that's what you've got. (laughs) I was going to be that was going to be what I got. Yeah. My answer is yes. It's dumb. It's dumb. All people who want these you want to blow up the whole industry so that people know more, know how to act and know how to sell. Let me back up. Let me back up. So I think that what is the point of continuing education? It is to continue people's education. (laughs) Right. I understand. I just don't think it accomplishes its goal. I think the way that it's like the way you go, the way we go about it is dumb. And I just don't think it, it just doesn't work. I don't know. You think it's a good idea. You like it. Listen, I think continuing your education and continuing to stay up on in industry standards and trends and all of that is extremely important. Pardon me? You do the work. That's how you stay up on what's going on. Well, you have to also read and educate yourself and let you uh, re- listen to podcasts. Remind that's true. Okay. And I do. And I do. Here, here's what I will give you, but I don't think it's an answer. I, okay, here's what I'll give you. Okay. CE as it stands today in the industry is kind of a joke because oh, you can yes. go online and plow through it in six but, hours. So what the, yes, you can. And you could finish 30 hours of CE in an hour and a half. So what they've done in some places is now you can't do that. Well, mandating it also doesn't make the content good. Right. So it's like, you're solving a, you're solving, I don't, you're putting a bandaid over a, an arm that's falling off. 
you, but you just all your answer is always just to blow it up, blow everything up, blow the real estate industry up, blow the. I just continue. feel like when we don't blow things up. <laughs> I like fire. Apparently, I don't know. I, I guess like you do. When we don't blow things up, we're just like solving these little band aids. And I really think we need to rethink and resolve the issue. And I don't think we should blow it up and then start again with the same structure. I How think- would you redo it? I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Oh well, I mean, what's the question? Look, here, here's what I agree with you on. I think that, and I'll give this to you. Okay. I think that continuing to learn is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just don't think that the CE classes that are provided is uh, they, I don't think they expand your mind. They don't like give you a new perspective. They, I just think telling everybody like what could get them in trouble, quote unquote, which we learned from the, what would you do episodes? Nobody actually gets in trouble. I think it's dumb. Like the whole thing is dumb. So what would I do? Well, first of all, I would start us somewhere different, right? Okay. Right. Like, I think like now we're trying to, I don't know, we're trying to build a dam and the water's too high. Like we couldn't, we can't build it that high. Like we got to start well, before the water started. I don't know. My metaphors are So off. yeah, no, I got, I know where you're coming from. The, the answer to the question, the way I answered it is see a waste of time. I said, no, it's not a waste of time. That doesn't mean it's perfect as it is, but I think the concept of continuing education is a good idea and is not a waste of time. Do we have some courses? Than you. I think course, what's that? <laughs> What'd you more, say? I took it more literal than you. Yes, you did. <laughs> the courses. Uh, do not engage. And in order to learn, you must engage. And so if the content was different and the, the teachers were different and all of that, I think that would be, you know, maybe if these courses had to be taken in person so that you couldn't hide behind the computer. Now, I like the idea of being able to get through 30 hours in six hours. I personally like that, but that doesn't do yeah, me any good. It doesn't work for everybody. I don't think you have to be in person to like learn something. I, I just, I don't, I know because you like to travel the world and sell houses back in Ohio. So you see. Yeah. So like, I just yeah. don't think that's useful for today, right? The world is technology and you can learn stuff through technology. You can be interactive through technology. And, and that is how the world is going. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What if CE was more about, sure, there can be an ethics, you know, requirement. That's fine. You, can Great you teach to- ethics? Well, I'm just saying good to whatever, three hours, I'm fine with that. But what if the CE was about how to build a business, how to do a P&L? How all the to, reason to start this bullshit at the beginning. Well, how this be the real estate school? Like, I don't think continuing education should be ethics. Look, if you are not ethical, you should lose your license and you don't, not you. What if you're ethical, but you didn't know, you forgot about that you weren't supposed to do X, Y, Z? I think there are situations where that can happen. Absolutely. And it's a case by case. I'm not saying we should get rid of the ethics committee. You know what I mean? I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like, I just don't think it could be taught now. I think you Mm -hmm. are who you, you are and you can learn and grow, but like ethics is something that like you either are ethical or you are not as a basis. Like you are honest or you are not, you're not like honest sometimes and dishonest other times. No, but ethics in real estate involves you understanding where the lines are drawn. But I think like, okay, so how do we teach 
if that's true, that makes sense. And you mm-hmm. do it through stories, right? Mm-hmm. But like having it be mandatory, I just think, I don't know. Maybe I think it shouldn't really be mandatory. Oh, do you think agents would do it if it wasn't mandatory? I don't know. They take stupid designation classes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you learn stuff that's not mandatory. I learn stuff every day that's mm-hmm. not mandatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's important. It's not a waste of time, but I think are there flaws in the system? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I don't, I don't know. I feel like we should go back to our corner. You need to regroup. I need to stomp. (laughs) (laughs) You got in trouble as a little kid and you were mad. I was like stomped up the stairs. (laughs) Why don't you stomp back to your corner? Did you stomp too? Oh, God, yes. Like a big brat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a short break here. A word from our partners. And when we return, we will have the final punches. I want to tell you about Vulcan 7. Now, I know. I know you don't want a cold call, but I actually use Vulcan 7 for circle prospecting too. It's a great way to find sellers for your buyers and buyers for your sellers. And Monica's the one that showed me Vulcan 7 anyway, (laughs) and I love it. So I'm really excited that they've agreed to partner with us on our podcast. So if you want to do more deals, then you need Vulcan 7. Go to Vulcan7.com slash Jennifer Mertland for a $49 two-week trial of the system. And I guarantee you will never look back. Real estate agents, do you need more time and less busy work? As a mom of 10 and a business owner myself, I know how hard it is to coordinate it all. I'm Leanne Sapolis, and I want to tell you about Real Support Solutions. By providing marketing, admin support, and training, real estate agents and small business owners can focus on revenue-generating activities that improve their success. Real Support Solutions helps you manage the activities that will continue to build your business for the future while you handle the dollar-producing tasks that need your time and attention right now. Go to realsupportsolutions.com, enter promo code FIGHTCLUB, and get $100 off your first transaction or three hours of training. Buyers need agents, sellers need agents, agents need real support solutions. Call today, 513-814-7150. Welcome back. Now let's get back to the battle inside of the ring. But Jen, did you ask anybody about this question or what are we doing? (laughs) Can't wait for the tiebreaker. Oh, okay. All right. But I also feel like my answer was not very well thought out just because I was like, I don't know what we would do about it. I just think it's dumb. And well, we should have it. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to, we need to re-record. I need like a better well thought out answer. I threw you for a loop by asking you how to fix it. The only reason I asked you that is because last time you wanted to blow the whole thing up, you, you had an answer to how to fix it. No, fix I usually it. do. I just didn't for this one. Cause I just think it's dumb. <laughs> I don't know if it's dumb. I think learning is not dumb, but, um, no, that's the thing. That's the rub. Right. So like, right. But, but then it's like, okay, if you, if you were able to self like self learn and, and learn things that are interesting to you by people that are like interesting to you, right. Because that mm-hmm. could be anybody. Mm-hmm. How, why couldn't all of it count for a CE? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, so is having a growth mindset, a requirement for being a real estate agent, I kind of don't think it is. It isn't, unfortunately. You're right. Well, it what should if- be. I don't know that it should be either. Mm. I think you can be a successful agent and have your 
I mean, I'm a growth minded individual, but like, I know I, there are successful agents that I know that are not, they just like, this is how they do it. They like doing it. They really mm-hmm. are for their clients. They do mm-hmm. an amazing job. They're just, they don't want to learn anymore. And they're never going to get in trouble because they stay between the lines. Like they okay. do the right things. Yeah. I agree I with you. You always have to be like bigger, more better, more blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, sometimes you just do what you do, boo. What if the CE really was geared towards true? Like the question would be, does this CE class give it the agents something that helps them better their business versus just does it reiterate stuff, right? Like every brokerage has a billion classes that most of the time any agent can go to most. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Like mm-hmm. C classes, other places, other people from other brokerages have come to our classes. Like it's fine most of the time. Right. Or they listen to like different podcasts and you mm-hmm. learn stuff from like lessons learned podcasts from, or you read a book and it helps you with your business. Like that should just be enough. Well, unfortunately, the only thing I'll disagree with you on is that other broker, most brokerages have the same old freaking content rotating through their training room over and over and over again, being taught by somebody that used to sell houses 20 years ago or 40. Sorry. I mean, it's just real. Well, yeah, but if you're, if you're, if you can get one piece of information out of whatever you decide to do, whatever you feel is valuable, then why can't that just be continuing education? Why does it have to go through this long process of being like, Oh, this counts for CE. Cause I mm-hmm. have people that want to come to some stuff that we do, but they're like, is this CE? And I'm like, it's not right. It should be because you're yeah. going to learn more here than you yeah. learn, you know, online or sitting in class one day. It's very, it's very true. It's very true. Do so you to a point? Should the CE be taught by people that are currently in the industry? If we upgrade the teachers, uh-huh. we upgrade the classes. But not everybody that's successful at sales is a good teacher's problem. Very true. Very true. When you're doing your, do you do your CE through an online system portal? Yes. Okay. And when you're picking your package out to get your 30 hours. The easiest. Easiest. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. pick anything hard. See, that's the inherent problem with the program. Because I'm the exact same. No judgment. It's the exact same. Right. But if they had like really interesting course material that captivated like your mind, I think you might be like, that's interesting. Maybe, but then I'd be pissed that it's 30 hours because then it's like, or whatever it is, right? Because you have different states and all this stuff. Okay, well, what's the opportunity cost here? So you're having me do this thing that you're like forcing me to do it in a certain time slot. Now, granted, they do give you a long time, but- Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, what am I not doing because I'm doing this? <gasps> Wait, and I have a question for that's you. That's not counting. What if you only had to do continuing ed if you did less than a, like it was tied to productivity? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now you're speaking my language. That's what I thought. That would be right up your alley. No, I think people. Please don't kill me, anybody. Oh God. I think there should be different levels of licensing. And I think you should be able to, you should have to, at some point, lose your license. If you have a certain level of licensure that requires a certain level of production. And if you don't have that production, you maybe like 
it's called something different. And the public knows that you are like a less productive. And some people will just choose that, right? Because right. maybe it's cheap. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe yeah. like you're giving something up, right? Yeah. You know what it's like? And you probably know this because you've gone to a salon. You yeah. at a salon, they have like a stylist. Are you that all my hair is gray right now. No, it looks good. Your hair's oh, on point. Really? It's good. It looks good. But okay. that stylist charges, yes. you know, twice as much as the apprentice level. And there's usually an in-between. Yeah. And so you get to decide, are you much, you know, financially conscientious and you want, you don't care. And your hair, your hair? Out. you were just trying to get a trim and now you got a pixie cut. Right. It's all good. <laughs> but God, I'd love to have senior real estate consultant attached to my signature because I've been selling consistently for 17 years. But it would have to be time on task and it has to be productive. Okay. Look, what do we do? We this are is blowing it. up the industry. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. You agree with me. We're done. Goodbye. And then depending on what tier you're in is what the CE looks like. And I think that could get interesting. So smart. Yes. So when I'm czar of real estate of the world, <laughs> yeah. you can be on my cabinet. I would be. I would cabinets. What's advisors? That? Do they have advisors? advisors? Yeah, advisors or cabinet. Either way, I would love to be on your yeah. cabinet. You're on. You're okay. in. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's going to have to be the end I mean, of the day. We're done. That's I it. Don't, we did. I, if they would only freaking ask us, then they would see that we have the answers. We could submit this as an article to Inman News, which everybody <laughs> should subscribe to. I've said it a thousand times. Yes. News. Without a doubt, you should. That is part of continuing education right there. Yeah. Stay if you're a subscriber, you get a point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see? I mean, you don't. But you you get an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, if this made you think differently, if you disagreed with us, wh whatever it is, whatever the case may be, go to our Facebook page. That's Real Estate Fight Club podcast page and let us know what you think. We also have a YouTube page, Real Estate Fight Club on YouTube. If you want to see this in action. Yeah. Yeah. Can. So you can watch this. We also have a bunch of tips for realtors. We have all kinds of crap up there. Super useful. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have an interest in learning more about EXP and want to talk to Monica and I, give me a call 513-400-1691. Monica, I like your solution-oriented mentality. I think you and I came from different places and then ended up in the same place today, which was really, I think, a first out of all of our podcasts. I feel like you just agreed with me and said it was dumb. <laughs> Is that what happened? Actually, I think you might be right. Mark this one down in the books. All right. All right. Bye, Monica. See you next time. Bye, Jen. You are the head coach at PUSH. Tell us what that is real quick, and then we'll get into objections. So PUSH stands for Prospect Until Success Happens, and it's yes. a, a real estate training program that teaches agents how to use scripts, how to overcome objections, how to pre prepare for a listing presentation as well, how to pre-qualify how to put together a pre-listing packet and then learning the listing presentation soup the nuts. Well, I like too how you said, like, instead of calling it like scripts, you're calling it now like conversations. Yes. It's the conversation, the dialogue that you need to have. I think when yeah. people hear the word script, they automatically shut down because they view scripts as being so canned and sounding robotic. Except that they use scripts all the time. And this is why your friends and your family can finish your sentences because you say the okay. same 
thing. Sure. That is a script. Yeah, it sure is. Everything we say is typically a script. And so what we need to understand in real estate is telling us what we need to say in order to get the outcome that we want. Yeah, or you can continue saying what you what you do say now and have the results that you have, which is probably not where you want, right? Like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? If it's not working, you need to change up your script and your dialogue, right? Absolutely. I know, but people are always like, well, that conversation felt really good. I'm like, yeah, because you talked the entire time. Right. Like, anyway, let's talk about one of the biggest hurdles besides the mindset around these conversations is objections. What, like you said, what do I say? I'm Mm going to share my screen and can you walk us through like your strategies and your... I'd like to say something as you're pulling up your screen. One thing people need to understand, I'm happy when I get an objection because for me, it's someone telling me, hey, I'm really interested in working with you. If you can answer my question, if you can overcome this particular issue, then you have a business. So we should be happy that they're giving us objections and not hanging up. Right. It's it's them telling us, hey, I'm interested in what you have to say. So it's not a negative. It's a positive. Exactly. So. That's a perfect mindset shift because they're like, wait a minute, because they're not going to blindly just like sign something. Right. It's like, wait, I have a clarifying point, which makes sense. They should. They really should. And so I came up with these five steps for overcoming objections. And here's the first thing that we don't do well. When we get an objection, we need to smile. Right. Mm -hmm. When we're in front of someone, if we have this look on our face like what? (laughs) They lose confidence in us. So we need to practice when we get an objection. The first thing we do is we smile, right? right. Then right. We, we acknowledge it. So like, if someone will you reduce to you, your commission? Will you reduce your commission? You <laughs> smile and say, okay, so you oh. want to talk about reducing my commission. Other than commission, is there any other thing that would keep you from working with me? We isolate the objection, oh, I right? love it. Then so we they're going to say, okay, let's just say that they say yes. Most likely they say no, right? But like they say yes, then what do you do? Then I'm going to say, well, what else would keep you from actually working with me? You re-isolate it. (laughs) I want to, and then isolate, I want to know everything so I can really wrap everything up and then get the paperwork signed. Because if I do a great job of overcoming the commission and then you come back and say, well, there's something else, I need to know that because I can probably handle both at one time. So it's good to know what the objections are. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like the pushback that I've gotten from some agents is like, when you ask this question and like, or when you say, is there anything else? Or you ask them questions like in the pre-call of like, have you thought about renting it? Have you thought about doing it for sale by owner? Yes. They tell me literally, well, am I putting that? I feel like I'm putting that idea into their head. Absolutely not true. If someone is not thinking about being a for sale by owner, if you say, have you thought about being a for sale by owner? it's not going to make them want to become one. (laughs) However, you need to know if they're thinking about becoming a for sale by owner because they may just be using you to get a number and you don't want to spend hours running comps and presenting if all they want is a number from you. So you have to ask the question so you're prepared. You can't be afraid of the outcome. The outcome is going to be in your favor. You have to ask the questions. Exactly. Okay, Okay. so I like this. So they say, so you wanted to, you say, so you want to discuss reducing the commission to 5% or whatever. Okay. That's correct. Like commission. Is there any other reason you wouldn't list with me? And they're like, and you would say, no. no, no. So 
when most of my clients talk to me about commission, what they're really asking me and what they're really concerned about is what they put in their pocket at closing. Is that the um, case with you? Mm-hmm. Yep, it yeah. is. And then we have to address it. And this is where knowing your numbers is important. So I know what my stats are. So I could say to you as a seller, well, Mr. Seller, my list price to sales price ratio, what I list your home for versus what I sell it for is 98%. Mm-hmm. The other agents that are out there, their average is 95%. Mm-hmm. So just by hiring me, you're going to put 3% more in your pocket. Right. A house is priced at half a million dollars. That's $15,000 that you're putting in your pocket. So as you can see, by hiring me, it's not about the commission. It's what I'm going to do for you and what you put in your pocket. Correct? Right. And I tie it down by saying correct. Right. And then you start agreeing with me and you say, correct, right? Yeah. So now, now all we need to do is hire me so I can get your home listed and get you moved to California by October. I mean, that's yeah. what you want, right? Right. That's and it. Close. That's it. Well, why you- does it like seem... Yeah, and for people that, that want to like want a copy of this, um, it can be on your website, right? Yes, I can actually send it to them if they if they actually want a copy of this. Perfect. Um, and I'll put it in our, we have like a little vault system too. I'll put it in there. Perfect. But, um, okay, so why does this, I'm going to stop sharing here. Why okay. does this seem so difficult for agents? So here's why, number one, we don't practice. We don't practice Real. these objections that come up, right? So when we get hit with them, we don't really know how to respond. And here's the thing. A lot of times people are just told, ask your agent, will they reduce the commission? And a lot of times you can just say no. Any other questions and you're done. Right. Well, I like to be like, you know, I ask for I ask for a discount at the dollar store, but no, we won't. And do you have any other questions? Like, right. I appreciate you asking. Thank you. That's awesome. I do it, too. That's awesome. Do you have That's any other awesome. questions? You need to know your value, though. As agents, if you know your value, it's really easy to say no. And when you truly know your value, it's easy to isolate that objection and overcome it. The issue is we don't know our numbers. We don't practice having these conversations. Or we don't have numbers. (laughs) Or Or we don't have numbers. And if you don't have numbers, what's your company's numbers? Right. Maybe brand new, however, your numbers or something like that. Mentors numbers, exactly, exactly. So you need to know the numbers, whether they're yours, a mentor's, or somebody, or or your office numbers. You need to know what they are. I think so too. Like the good news is, is there's only a handful of objections. I mean, there's not even twenty. There's like twelve or thirteen. Like there's just not that many. And maybe five that come up consistently. So it's not that you need to know. 20 different objection handlers. Here's what I'll say though. The commission objection that comes up, you may need to know how to handle it three different ways because if the first thing I say doesn't work, I just can't keep repeating myself and hoping you'll change your mind. I have to have a different way to overcome that objection to get you to see that I am worth the 6% that I'm charging. So we need to know two or three different ways to handle each objection that comes up. And a lot of times, like I like how you in isolating the objection, you asked a question and you asked a clarifying question because I find that just because sometimes people will ask a question, it does not mean you have to answer it. Mm, Very true. So by asking a clarifying question, you're deciding, is this a legitimate question that they're actually asking or is this a smokescreen? Because often it is, right? A lot of times it is. Yeah. And so you don't even need to handle it. And all you're doing is, talking 
we need to ask a lot of questions. And to your point earlier, we do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. We need to ask the questions and learn how to be quiet and listen right. to the response that we're getting. And I like to, in this, um, the system that you have set up is that you tied it back to their motivation. And yes. it's like, I want to help you mm-hmm. do whatever your goal is or whatever your right. motivation is, you know, right. whatever it is. And you tied it back to that. So in order to tie it back to that, you actually have to know it. I love you for saying that. I believe that any listening appointment you go on, you have to pre-qualify. I don't care if it's your oh my mother, God, yes. your best friend, of the time. your neighbor. Right. And it's, it's pre-qualifying to find out motivation, but it's not where you're moving to and how soon do you have to be there. It's where are you moving to? Why is that important to you? What's that move going to do for you? And ultimately, once you're there, mm-hmm. how do you feel about being in that new house and in that new location? Right. Because logic makes people think, emotion makes people act. And when you understand the logic and the emotions behind it, you can always get the business and overcome the objections. You totally can because they feel like you're listening to them, that you understand them, that you're there to help them. And that's how it is, right? Like you have to care more about them because there's going to come to a point in the transaction when they are going to fight you. And you're Mm -hmm. like, look. You told me, is, is this still important to you? Do you yep. still, are you still having adopting five kids? Are you still want to foster dogs or whatever it is that you want to do, right? right? Do you still want to move to New York? Like whatever it is. And they're going to be like, I do. Be like, then we have to do this in Amen order to, to get you there. And you're going to have to be like passionate about it. <laughs> you have to be passionate about it. And it's called the R effect. I don't know if you've heard this it? before. So our job as real estate agents is to make contact and talk to a lot of different people, correct? Yes. In order to get contracts. Yes. Right. So contact to contract, the difference between those two words is the the letter R. Oh. The letter R stands for building the relationship, finding out the motivation so that we can Mm -hmm. speak to what's important to them. It's not about us. No. I'm not here to force you into making a bad decision. I'm here to give you enough information to make the best decision to get to where you're trying to go. I need to understand that. So I need to build that relationship. Exactly. It could also stand for realtor. It can stand for realtor and resource. We got to be a resource as well, right? Exactly. exactly. Absolutely correct. Exactly. So tell us, um, I, one of the things about your program that was really fascinating to me was your um, like role play and mastermind that you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I, I think it's really important that we we have masterminds and that we role play. Yeah. What the saying is, you don't want to go out and practice on your paycheck, which means you oh. shouldn't be practicing scripts on the actual seller. Right. We do it here in a safe space where you can make mistakes and get corrected and learn how to master the scripts. Right. And so that's what we do. We do yes. high level role playing with feedback. Yeah. So that you can actually learn how to present better. Today, I'm doing a listing presentation with an agent and we're going to get feedback on what you're doing well, start to finish mm-hmm. so that you can secure the listing. And we need that type of high level role playing in the masterminds. And that's what we do. Well, uh, yes. And I always say that the role playing is it should be the hardest role play of the day. It should be the mm-hmm. hardest conversation because yes. then everything else is easier. And if you're easy on each other, you're doing each other a disservice. You're doing a disservice and you're absolutely right. You should hang up with your role play partner and say, every other call that I get is a piece of cake compared right. to what I just went through. This Try is, this first, is- set a timer, yes. set a pity party timer for 30 yes. seconds. <laughs> be like, he was mean to me and then move on. And, and move on. And there are times people call me to role play 
and I'll hang up on them just like an actual for sale by owner expired, forcing them to call me back and say, hey, we got disconnected and get right back into the script. It's real play. It's not role play. It's real play. Exactly. No, that's beautiful. I did do a video on my YouTube channel about the five like steps to role play. And that's, that is like one of them. It's like, it has to be real, like, or else it's not helpful. Perfect practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. I so agree with that. Look, everybody just needs to listen to us, get on the damn phone, prospects, (laughs) however you do it. Yes. If you're not where you want to be, it's because you're not talking to enough people. That's it. You're not talking to enough people and you're not saying the right thing. And one thing I'll add to the practice on your phone, you can get a voice recorder. You should record every call, every for sale by owner preview, every listing presentation. And like football players review the tape. We should be reviewing what we're saying when we're on the phone and in front of people. And we'll easily figure out if we didn't get the listing, why didn't we get it? And typically it's because we fall off script. We stop following the script. You're right. And if you have like a dialer or whatever, a lot of times there's like record button on there that you you can use. That's really helpful. It's very helpful, especially if you have a coach or an accountability partner where you can send them that MP3 where they can listen to it. That's how you improve. (laughs) Right. That's that mirror, man. That is painful. I remember we used to do that, like our whole team. And we yes. would just be like, all right, you're up. And I'd pull it up and I'd be like, dang, there, you know why you didn't get that. And it would be in front of everybody. It's so embarrassing. No. But those mistakes were never made again. They were never made again. And you also make less mistakes when you know someone's going to hear it. Yep. You stay on script because you know someone's going to evaluate You're it, which right. causes you to get more business. So it works in both ways. It does. Cause I'll let, I usually, cause I use Vulcan as our dialer oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, I will let people listen to me cause I can conference them in from anywhere and they can just listen. They just have to be on mute. And you're right. I do so much better. I like push a little bit harder or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Ask like for the 10th time for the business. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was that's cool. So if anybody wants to listen to me, please let me know. And you can, because I do I matter. Take you up I, on that. I may take you up on that because you're <laughs> right. You, you should be closed a minimum of five times. And typically we close once. But if we know someone's listening, we're going to close a second, a third, a fifth, an eighth time. Yeah, and that's you show, for me, I want to show off. You know, yeah, like, like, like what I can me. do. <laughs> <laughs> watch me, watch me work. Exactly. exactly. That's uh, so fun. You. I feel like we could talk about this for hours, but these five steps of the objection handling, it just, it to me, I mean, I like objections too, but like I can, these are really, it makes it easier to deal with. Otherwise it becomes overwhelming. So it's like, if right. you have the steps, it's like, okay, not smile, light would say, breathe, smile. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Acknowledge, exactly. overcome, and then and then go in for the kill. Those are awesome. What? Um, tell us again the best way to get a hold of you. Uh, my website, davidradneypush.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Also, Instagram, davidradneypush on Instagram. Reach out to me if you have questions, if you want to talk about objection handling. This is what I love. I'm like super passionate about it. I'll talk to anyone. That's awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. I really appreciate you being on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.